Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters podcast. This is episode 247. Once again, you got Chris and Brian. And today we're going to continue our series on Good, Better, Best. Um, this time talking about rifle optics and flashlights for long guns. Some Primarily some accessories and stuff that go on AR-15s. Uh, yeah, so without further ado. Yeah. Um, guys, there's, you know, there's the, the, the quality kind of paradigm that we're beating on. Um, the good, better, best idea, again, mentioned, we you know, when we found at the store, we'll let somebody else do good. We want to do better and best kind of conversation. Um, they're taking, this is a good time to talk about the idea that there is such a thing as brand shift, uh, where some brands that were better become not as good. Um, and I'll, I'll throw out, you know, old school Kimbers. Kimbers back in the 70s and 80s were great guns. Um, and then Ron Cohen got a hold of them and Kimber went to hell in a handbasket in the 90s. And Sounds like another company. Yeah, we've yeah, exactly. So you know, and so that kind of like, you know, looking at certain brands and seeing brand shift and seeing some stuff that like, you know, maybe wouldn't have recommended before, um, but do now, or would have recommended before, but don't now. Kind of conversation. Um, if you guys remember, if anybody was around back in the day when we first opened, we were working with Holosun Optics. I mean, sorry, Vortex Optics, and Vortex does a, a pretty solid product, especially for the price point. If you're buying a hobby optic, a hunting optic, or something like that, or even their, optic. yeah, or even their high end stuff, as long as you had the money to pay for it, um, you know, in their razor line was was good. It was good quality for the money. Uh, but the joke for years was always, you know, how do you know Vortex has such a great warranty? Because you're probably going to use it. Um, you know, Vortex has gone to great lengths to fix some of those things, but early on their mag non-magnified reflex style optics were toys i mean there's just no two ways about it they just weren't super durable um and so a, a combination of that and then availability of optics and and some other brands that come on the market like hollow sun slash sig kind of pushed us into a position where we got rid of vortex as a vendor um and really went after hollow sun optics and again some of the sig optics which are the same manufacturer they're all made by hollow sun they're just some branded sig some branded hollow sun um, but that, that shift has occurred, you know, in quality wise there, the early SIG stuff made by Holosun, and I don't know if it was all made by Holosun early on, had some QC issues, and those things have been overcome. And so we, we kind of saw that, that the rise of Holosun, and we get this question a lot around Holosun optics, is, you know, are they good optics? And it's always interesting to have somebody who's like, you know, a hardcore SIG guy is like, well, I run SIG optics, I wouldn't run all of a sudden that made in China junk. And it's like, uh, cool, brah, your Romeo 4, Romeo 5 was made in the same factory. Um, all of these SIG branded optics are made by Holosun that are non-magnified. All of the magnified stuff's made by Kaylee's. But we've seen that, that increase in Holosun, they really do push through and come out with newer models to they're not necessarily going to fix an existing model. They're just going to come out with a new model to replace it with and update things. And it may not be that anything was wrong. It just may be somebody wanted more features pushed into it. And if you look at the current Holosun optics, they've been very robust and they're extremely feature rich for the money. So this is a great example for us, a brand shift going from something that was an entry level recreational style optic that's now in use a whole lot of places by people beating the living crap out of them and have proven to be pretty good optics for the for the most of us for the most of what we need um it's going to do it um so they've kind of moved out of that good better best they've kind of moved from good to better um maybe even better chasing best in a lot of cases because of the feature richness of the optics and because we're not finding a lot of guys breaking them and there's a boatload of dudes using them 
and I'm looking for a law, the law of large numbers. I want to see lots of people with a lot of these optics out there, do, giving them a lot of use and a lot of abuse and see what's going on with it. And that's what we're seeing with Holosun is that it, it makes it, I won't say that I can't recommend something like a Trijicon optic because Trijicon makes a banger bulletproof optic. Um, you're going to get something that by comparison seems very plain Jane uh, to the Holosun because it's likely not going to have the same features. You know, the auto adjust is going to be crude compared to the Holosun auto adjust. Um, if it even has auto adjust. If it adjust, even has it, yeah. Optic. Yeah, depending on which one you're looking at, some different options along those lines. Um, you know, and I might give the, the Trijicon a little bit of a nod in durability, but it's probably going to be bigger and heavier at the same time. It's probably going to have more metal around the window and a smaller viewing window. Um, but if you need the absolute tank, then maybe that's the way to go too. Or pushing up into the stuff from Aimpoint, even though we don't sell Aimpoint products, Aimpoint makes outstandingly durable products. Um, they also make ridiculously expensive products. Um, and it, it just gets harder and harder and harder to recommend uh, what have been the old standbys that have been companies that feel like they kind of sat on their heels and maybe they're announcing new products or coming out with new products occasionally but you know Trijicon I hope you're listening um, you know for God's sake stop advertising products you're not actually gonna make um, this is painful to sit back and look at the new some of the new features and stuff like that with this stuff coming along but the new Trijicon products even though I put them in that that better or best category um, to have them come out and tease us with something for six months or more and then not actually bring it to market it's like what, what are we doing with the uh, what is it the RMR HD and yeah. the SRO HD and some of those and some of these other optics are coming up with um, where are they at you know let's get those to market so we can actually play with them and beat on them but when you look at you know good better best I'm willing to put Holosun in that better maybe even best category with specific optics like the AEMS um, for those of you who don't know, their AEMS is an enclosed emitter, boxy, small boxy little optic um, that is proving itself to be a tank. Um, and again, just very feature rich at a great price point. Yeah, I'd say the same thing with the 510C. Yep. I've got those on a number of guns. Um, They've proven yeah. to be very durable. Those are, yeah. those are optics that have been knocked around at the range that we've seen for not just, not just months now at this point, but years in your case you've had them on a number of guns that that get used a lot yeah. that we train with quite a bit and they've held up to you know guys we talk about durability it, it is like oh yeah man i was doing a helo insertion in my optic when we're we're not operators <laughs> we're we're pier one not tier one uh, but <laughs> stuff gets put in a rifle rack and when you're doing low light somebody else's sling gets wrapped around an optic or a gun and when they grab their gun it pulls your gun out on the concrete that's not scientific, nor is that testing, but it is use and it's durability and it's that shit happens factor that with tools that you use on a regular basis, they do get banged around no matter how cautious you are. And so the, that, that 510, when, I, when you first got those and started running them on a couple different guns, the design of it, as big as the hood was and everything else, it, it just made me nervous. Like how durable is this thing gonna be? But you start getting into three, four years of banging them around on the range in low light environments, um, concrete facilities, barricades, all the use, and they just keep chugging right along. Man. Yeah. They just keep chugging right along. So, um, you know, so we start looking at that, and, and we can translate this over to magnified optics. You can translate this in a couple different directions. Um, sometimes the player names stay kind of the same, but I would say talking specifically about reflex optics. 
I think a Trujikon is good enough for the majority of people. Yeah. I think or the Holosun. Right, I'm sorry. For sure. Yeah, the yeah. Trujikon, yes. I'm sorry. The, yeah. the Holosun. Thank you. Yes. Um, I, I think yeah. the Holosun's going to do what the majority of people needed to do in the majority of environments they're going to find themselves in as civilians stateside. Yeah. Yeah. The Holosun really blends that better best line. Yep. It's kind of right on both sides of it. Yeah. Um, while being at kind of the bottom of the like the better price point. Yes. Uh, kind of, I would say the one, so having used a 510C a lot um, in daylight and low light, using it passive under night vision, um, the reason that I would spend the extra money on like an, MR, an MRO or an MRO HD mm-hmm. or one of the, what is it, the EXPS, three what the night vision. Two, yeah, like yeah. whatever the eotech is with the night vision button uh, is because mm-hmm. with those optics you either get a dial in the case of the mro the mro hd and i guess most of the aim points too yeah you have a dial you can actually grab with gloves on and okay. move around and make adjustments really easily uh or in the case of the eotech you have the big chunky buttons yeah and then there's a like a night vision override button on the side um that again you can find with gloves yeah the the little intensity adjustment buttons on the 510C are almost impossible to find with gloves. Okay, and that's and that's a that's a fairly narrow use, right? We're talking about specifically running night vision, but when you run night vision, you do have to futz with your optics optics a little more because the sensitivity of the night vision devices, you've got to be able to adjust that reticle to where it's not blooming on you or doing other oddball things. Yeah. So you can do what you need to do with it. Because um, if and, you go, if you, the thing and the reason I bring this up is yeah. if you're going from you're running passes, so you're looking with your night vision through the optic, yes, and using the reticle, and then needing to go to a white light and run, um, run that way. So you're removing a night vision device, you're using a white light. Yeah, you got to be able to make the optic bright enough to function. And you need to do it fairly rapidly. Quickly. Yeah, yeah. And so the tack down nature of the 510C specifically probably doesn't lend itself as well to that with gloves and i'd say the same thing with the ams yeah they're the um, control the control surfaces not having that dial um or like you said big chunky buttons like the hollow sun and I, and i do think maybe that's part of the fact that the the mros the aim points and the eotechs have spent decades in that combat end user space and i'm sure that's a feedback thing that all those companies got early on you know, or, or it went into the design issue, the you know, design impetus behind it was, yeah. you know, some operator going, hey, dude, you know, hey, bruh, um, these little stupid buttons aren't going to do me any good in the field. Let's put a big dial on it, you know. Um, and so that kind of mentality, uh, maybe the feedback was already there or the design impetus was already there um, and it didn't need to be a feedback thing. All of a sudden, if you're listening, there's a feedback thing for you. Um, in general, really good optics, but it'd be nice to see, especially on something night vision compatible that might be used in that environment to be a little more glove friendly, um, cold weather friendly, low light friendly, etc. Yeah, make, make an elite yeah. V2 tie something something yeah. with a dial on it and, yeah. or really big chunky buttons and yeah. I will buy it tomorrow. Yeah, again. Again, yeah. Again, because we already bought the other ones. So, yeah. So, you know, just some with the reflex stuff out there, it's really hard to not start with Holosun. Um, I'm, I'm not willing to put Holosun in as this analogy yet, but, you know, maybe chasing like the Glock of optics. 
the price point's right. They seem to work. They have the features you need. They're There's, the Smith of Optics. Okay. Yeah. Not a yeah. lot of extra frilzy BS, but just stuff that works. Um, and then getting there, I would say that Trigicon is probably still the Glock of optics where they're just built like a damn tank. There's not much fancy going on, but you can rely on them and they're going to work. Um, and the other stuff that's out there, the EOTEX, um, EOTEX had some interesting change of ownership stuff going on over the last couple of years. We, I, I know enough guys that have gone back to EOTech that I'm not, I wouldn't be concerned. Someone's saying, we carry the random EOTech in here. Um, usually it's something night vision compatible. Usually it's something high mount, lower one third co witness with the QD, um, with the magnifier kind of thing, because there is still absolutely a demand for that type of setup. And the EOTechs have gotten a lot better on battery life. Uh, they've always had the auto shut off features and stuff like that, that the professional end users kind of demand. Um, and there's there's a very minor learning curve around those guys are like well I don't want an optic that auto shuts off and it's like oh shut up you hit the up arrow to turn it on it runs eight hours you hit the down arrow to turn it on it runs for four hours and you know every time you go to change your socks and drink more water hit the up button and go on it'll always be on until you need to rack it and go on so it doesn't take a whole lot to get through that it was it was almost grunt proof when it was designed to some extent. They seem to be much more durable. Um, the stuff, all the like flashbacks of bad shit happening with EOTechs that I have recollection of are literally over a decade old. So I go into full boomer. Maybe more like 15 years maybe. old. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I go into full boomer Twitch mode when somebody starts talking EOTechs. I'm like, oh, yeah, great. You know, what do they have? Like 43 seconds of battery life. Wow, that's freaking cool. It's nowhere near like that anymore. Um, and the durability aspect of it too, you know, over a decade ago, EOTech dealt with a lot of waterproofness issues when they went to transverse mount batteries instead of linear mount battery compartments with weird little cams to lock in place and stuff like that. Um, they became significantly more water resistant, significantly better, ba better battery life, going to CR123 lithium style batteries. The transverse mount got rid of bounce. Um, yeah. it, it really is a good optic. It's just a little bit spendy. Um, the, the window you're looking through is ginormous. The reticle's a really good reticle. If you have astigmatism, you'll pick up a little bit of weirdness with it. Um, I actually just got edumacated on this the other day. I'm almost embarrassed to say this out loud, but even old stupid dogs like me can learn new things. Um, the reticle is not a projected reticle in an EOTech. It is not an external emitter. It is within the panes of glass. I didn't know that. Yeah. And, I, and, and Ian, our youngster here, explained me how that worked. He was, That's what makes it a holographic optic. Yeah, I just did, but I didn't get the system. I'm like, because I'm not very smart. I mean, we all know that, right? It's me. Um, but it was one of those deals where he's like, no, 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 no. It works like this. And I'm like, no, uh, no, it doesn't. No, uh, and it's like, oh shit, that's kind of cool. Um, and because I, I have had EOTechs, I, I ran an EOTech for a while. I ran one of the side-by-side -side dealios, um, eons ago. And, and if you're out in the rain and stuff like that, it would get water in it and do weird shit. Um, and it was kind of a pain in the butt in bad weather, but the window was kind of worth it. Um, my jump away from EOTech was when a 50,000 hour battery optic came out. It's like, see ya, I'm out of here. And that was the aim point with the ASET technology with the T1s and T, the T1s back in the day. So that that was kind of why I jumped ship and left EOTech behind. It just didn't make sense to have something that wasn't years of battery life. Yeah. Yeah. So, anywho. Yeah. Um, change that conversation over to... Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk real quickly about a niche optic that I know you don't like, but the ACOG. Um, ACOGs are a weird little dude, too. Um, under the good, better, best thing, 
I can't put ACOGs in best because of the quirks, but I can put them in better. I put them in better and yep. still call them like it's a great idea from 20 years ago. Yep. And there's better solutions out today. Yeah. I And the only thing that keeps me from saying that is that I still feel like I could I could join Josiah with my aim point and go put up barns in Holmes County and pound in barn spikes with my aim point. And I don't feel like I can do that unless I'm spending two grand on an optic on a low power variable. Um, the aim point is a every trick pony, which means it doesn't do any of the tricks as well. Right? Right. Okay. So, and, and that, but that is the beauty of it. it. It does do everything if you're willing to work with it a little bit and understand how it works. And it's very specific to the model. Three and a half by 35, three by 30s. I don't care for the four by 32s. I don't care for the other magnification aspects because the eye box gets stupid small. And if you're in a four by 30, TA31, uh, TA01, NSN, those kind of optics, I am not a fan of. But when you get to the three by 30 with the horseshoe dot, or the three and a half by 35, which a lot of comp competitive shooters run. Um, those optics are brilliant. They'll do a lot of things if you just learn how to use them just a little bit. Um, but I, the LPVO, there's still the strong conversation around the LPVO. And now I'm gonna say something about LPVOs that's gonna just make everybody mad at me. For the love of all that's holy, would everybody quit masturbating mentally over how awesome one to tens are and go back to making a good one to four or one to six because it seems like they went away and i i don't in the lpvo i don't need 10x i'm not shooting a thousand yards okay what i would like to have is something with a brilliant eye box that's relatively small relatively light that's still a 34 millimeter tube yeah. That's a one to four, one to six. That gives me the ability to see what's going on. That that flip the side magnifier level of magnification, um, in something that's maybe not a foot and a half long and weighs twenty eight freaking ounces, so that I could put something ACOG sized on yeah. an AR, ACOG weight on an AR, and have one X that I can see through, and have four, five, six power that I can still do work with. Um, that's not just ginormous. That would be my only gripe about LPVOs is they, they just feel like they get big and heavy really quick. But what it gives you is a ton of versatility. Yeah. Yeah. Who's, who's LPVO? Who, who's do you want to buy right now? Who, who makes the stuff right now? Who's good, better, best in LPVOs? Yeah, I mean, I'd say the, the Trigicon Credo is, again, right in the, it's blurring that better, best line. Yep. Yeah, the price um, is the price the, is the better line. The performance is the best is on the other side of the best line. Yeah, the Night Force, the attacker, uh, is probably still at that best. But you're spending twice the Credo money to it's get it. It's the there. reference. It's the reference. It's the there. reference. Yeah. The Trigicon Credo, I say, is going to give you ninety-five, maybe a little bit more. Yep. Of what the attacker do at half the cost. Yeah. Um, the good for LPVOs is probably the US Optics. Mm -hmm. the target series or ts series yep uh, like they're one to six or one to eight um everything else is kind of for serious use i think everything else right now is kind of a toy yeah you've got uh, to a lot of careful. the other stuff yeah. you are also you're getting second focal plane optics yep which i don't like i think you don't get the right reticle at one x um you definitely don't get useful reticle information um, through the magnification range yeah 
And when and um, when everything's a one to eight to one to ten, you've got to crank it all the way to eight or ten. That's why I'm saying yeah. I'd love to see somebody go back to a one to four or a one to six with a functional reticle in it and go from there. For that yeah. reason, because then you could stay as a as a front focal plane and have a functional optic, you know, with a good reticle. Right. Yeah. 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 And some of the like LPVOs, you know, to get something that's worth actually playing around with, you're looking at six, seven, eight hundred bucks plus a good mount. Mm -hmm. So you're at a thousand dollars. Yep. Like it's it's not a cheap game to get into. Yes. But once you're there, it does give you a ton of versatility because you can do up close stuff at 1x and then easily stretch out NAR to the limits of definitely what 55 grain will do, if not what 77 grain projectiles will do. Yeah. With the same optic. Yes. And so, good, better, best on LPVOs. One of the marker points is price. If you're probably, like you said, if you're not for 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 good, I still think you can spend five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars really easy and get something that's only good. Um, if you you know and in that price point range going good into better um you know sig the kaylee's optics from six hour that are six hour branded all have some quirks yeah. um if it has what you want it's second focal or if it does or or it's this or it's that or it's got some there's always some weird quirk with those optics that if you're willing to learn it take a little bit of time or that's your only one that you're going to mess with then fine if you're working out of a systems where you run other optics then it's almost going to be hard to match up mentally how you use some of those optics with other bigger optics because they just fall out of the norm yeah. in how they're made. Having said that, um, for a good, they do some nice 30 millimeter tube stuff that's a little less expensive, that's pretty durable, it's going to do what most people are going to need it to do. Probably not what I would choose as a go to war optic. If you go to their 34 millimeter, then again, there's quirks there too, but they're a little bit easier to see through. The eye box is a little more forgiving, you're paying a little more money but you're still not up into that $1,300, $1,400 credo price point um, for something that if that's where your budget's at right at the moment, then I guess maybe do it up. I just think you're still just catching the end of better. You're just getting into better. You're not far enough out of good for the money you're spending, in my opinion. Yeah. <clears throat> Having said that, if it's a utility gun, a farm gun versus I'm going to war gun, maybe that's where that that's, that's why we carry them. It's just a functional tool. Yeah. So... Um, pushing up into the better, like you said, the Trijicon's definitely a better from a price perspective, but a best from a quality and performance perspective. Um, one to watch out for that, that's, that's in the same price point as the Trijicon, maybe even a little bit higher, are the NX-8s. Um, the NX-8s, like the, I've gotten to look through a couple of those. Yep. The tube is a 30 millimeter tube. The iBox yep. is really small. Yep. The reticle's not great. Yeah. Um, you're spending you're spending an extra 500 bucks for yeah. night force on the side of the tube Yep. for less performance than the Credo. Agreed. Agreed. And and have a couple people who own those professionally and use them and, and were very, very quickly unimpressed. And, uh, crap, should have bought the attacker. But then, you're gonna, again, you've got a penalty in price, penalty in weight, penalty in size because the attacker is ginormous. That is one of the advantages of the NX NX8 is that it is a relatively compact small scope, um, but it's just spendy. And having that 30 millimeter tube clamps that eye box down yeah. the exit pupils is not enough there to work with. And and there's not enough there to work with without having to really be set into the gun. Well, it's hard yeah. to run, hard to run fast. And most of the guys that need it need way more to be able to run the gun fast than they do perfect. It's not a sniper scope. It's a fighting optic. Yeah, and the. 
I'd say the big reason with NLPVO to spend credo money um, versus a lot of the other stuff is you do get really, really good uh, 1x performance. Yeah. Like we're talking, I don't know if you can find any distortion at 1x on a credo. I don't know that it matters. It, it's, so, it's so minimal that it doesn't matter. Um, the iBox is nearly as forgiving as Neotech. Yeah, and on 1x, that um, should be a non-issue. Yeah. You know, and it's a big enough tube to look through. It and works. The, and the way the reticle's designed, you get effectively an EOTech reticle yeah. at 1x, um, so it's really fast to get on target and do work. Yeah. Uh, you got really good daylight brightness, yes. uh, which is important. A lot of the lower-end scopes... Uh, they might have an illuminated reticle, but it's not bright enough to really be functional in daylight. Yeah, and think about when you crank up an, an Aimpoint reticle or an EOTech reticle or any of the other dot optic reticles, how how like bloomingly, annoyingly bright they can be when you really crank them up. Um, you can't get even close to that with most of the reticles out there. And even the Trigicon, even in the Credo, it's right on the edge of that. You can yeah. get it bright enough that you can pick it up, especially under green. You can get it bright enough that you can pick it up quickly, but some of the other ones out there, they don't even come close. If you're out, if it's sunny, if it's a nice sunny day, it can be it can be troublesome. Yeah. Yeah. If you're looking for that aspect of it. Yeah. So and you should be. So yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. yeah. So just just to beat on optics, you know, just to kind of yeah. Yeah. To go to look at you know, and I think that that one X performance again is why we we just kind of start and push people towards the credo. A lot of the good level optics at 1x, there is significant distortion. Uh, I remember back to the, was the Vortex Strike Eagles? Yes. Um, it was like they took one of the lenses just straight out of a Coke bottle. Yep. Um, at 1x. Yeah. If you if you cranked it up to 2, 3, 4 power out of 6. It cleaned up. It cleaned up <clears throat> a lot. But yeah. the edges at 1x, like it was like looking through the bottom of a Coke bottle. Yeah. Um. Yeah, just one of the thing, one of those kind of things that you end up using that optic a lot more on one X than you would think. Yeah. Uh, so the one X performance is really important. And quite honestly, that's how the gun should live. It should live on one yeah. X until you need more out of it. Uh, you know, so that's pretty critical in my opinion. Plus, as a civilian, and as if it's a working tool, defensive tool, civilian, law enforcement, etc., um, you're way more likely to need it under one X and need it quickly then you are to be dialing it up and go from there and then you want a different set of parameters out of it and that that was a tough nut to meet for a long time um and a lot of the manufacturers are doing it pretty brilliantly you just got to pay for it a little bit yeah so, yeah so yeah i think that's probably beating on optics that's probably where we're at on this stuff um love talking about it because the optics market is something that constantly changes so definitely if you're if you're in the area and want to look through some of them want to see what they look like want to see where we're at with that please stop in and check them out because it is fun to sit back and kind of a b comparison the different systems whether it's a lpvo uh, a flip to side or something like that and then cheap flip to side versus more expensive flip to side and see what those differences are um when you see them side by side it's kind of it's kind of an eye opener yeah yeah cool yeah we will we'll talk about flashlights next time all right thanks guys yeah uh, <laughs> yeah as we come across interesting things uh, we do try to get them posted up to our social media you can follow us along on facebook and instagram on facebook we are cap city outfitters on instagram we are cap city outfitters too on our website capcityoutfitters.com you can find information such as how to do an ffl transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com 
Also on the website, you can sign up for our email newsletter that comes out once a week on Fridays or drop us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com and we will add you to the newsletter list. And then we're here in Hilliard, Ohio. We're at 4465 Cemetery Road. We're in front of the Aldi's and directly next to Louis Fusion Drill. We're here 10 to 5, Tuesday through Friday, and Saturdays 10 to 3, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for tuning in.